Hello, my name is Chris. I'm head of content at Nordic Fintech Magazine. And in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how companies in financial services, especially fintechs, are changing the way they use technology to better serve their customers and to achieve efficiencies. Now, to state that digitalization has revolutionized financial services is to state the obvious. What's not so obvious, however, is how much has changed about how digitalization is being used in financial services. In hindsight, we can see that automating away customer interactions, replacing them with bots and online forms, has optimized operations to a certain extent, but it's done so at the expense of distancing customers from their financial services providers. Years later, and the industry has gained tremendous insights that are enabling a next generation of financial services to come to market with technology-powered business models that offer new solutions to old and persistent problems. Funding Partner, a fintech that is tackling the scarcity problem of funding available for SMEs, is using technology in refreshing new ways to service this traditionally underserved part of the market. We recently had an enlightening conversation with Jeroen Kesvik, Managing Director at Funding Partner Norway, where he shared how the company is cleverly using technology to automate what customers don't see, freeing up resources for the meaningful customer interactions that foster trust, loyalty, and closer relationships. In this chat, we learn how Funding Partner's widespread use of technology has also found profitability in a business model that until recently was not commercially viable, and how with a unique mindset, its team is improving the playing field for SMEs across the Nordics. Uh, Jürgen, uh, thank you so much for coming down. It's great meeting you. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, uh, so let's just get started. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Jörn, obviously, uh, and I'm the Managing Director of Funding Partner Norway. Mm-hmm. So that means I have responsibility for the Norwegian part of Funding Partner. We're kind of currently in, in Norway and, and in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And uh, my main responsibilities as Managing Director is just making sure everything's working, basically. So taking care of uh, people working with credit and marketing and sales and also making operations uh, work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, tell us about Funding Partner. Uh, yeah. What is its core value proposition and what problem is it solving in the market? Yeah, so basically what we do is that we connect companies or small medium-sized businesses that need financing with investors that want to invest in those companies. Mm-hmm. And we do this through a lending model. So we don't do equity or, or uh, direct investments, rather we structure things as a loan mm-hmm. uh, so that the companies can, can borrow money. And the problem we're trying to solve is to actually get more capital to the small and medium-sized enterprises. Yeah. Today, and like, I guess since 2010, 2011, uh, the funding going from banks to small and medium-sized businesses has remained quite steady, while the funding to everything else has increased. So small and medium-sized businesses are falling behind in terms of, uh, of getting, uh, getting actual funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our idea is to create a new market where they can, where they can borrow money uh, so that they can grow faster. Right, and, and why is it that small and medium enterprises struggle to get access to, to funding capital? I think it has a lot to do with the size of these companies. So uh, if you look at the regular, you know, the profitability of a customer, yeah. uh, if you're a large customer, you're going to borrow a lot of money. Mm. Uh, and you know, a larger loan means larger fees, it means more interest and mm. everything. So uh, the manpower used to evaluate the loan is often the same regardless of the size of the loan. Right. Uh, so therefore, you know, lots of the larger banks and, and other financial institutions, they focus on large customers because they think it's more profitable. Mm-hmm. So our challenge here is to try to make it 
profitable and efficient to, to lend to small and medium-sized enterprises. Right, okay, so uh, when I was uh, looking at your, uh, at your website, I, yeah. I, I saw that you had a number of different projects yeah. that range from real estate to, to other types of, uh, of projects. So t tell me a little bit more about the composition of your customer base. Who, who are the customers that traditionally come for a loan? Yeah, uh, very good question, project? actually. I think uh, mostly, like I guess 50 to 60% is real estate, which if you look at the balance sheet of a bank, it's about the same. Mm -hmm. So uh, as real estate is a large portion of the economy, yeah. uh, we will have some real estate there. And that, those are typically uh, housing developments, um, commercial real estate properties and so forth. Yeah. And the other focuses that we have is technology companies, which is a niche that very few venture into. Uh, where we give loans to uh, venture-funded companies mm -hmm. so they can sort of bridge, fi bridge finance between uh, their first and their second uh, fundraising round, for instance. Mm -hmm. And also uh, more regular, like old-school, medium-sized companies that just, they have, they have a profit, they make money, but they want to grow faster and then they need to borrow either to buy a new company or to uh, hire new employees or similar, or similar things. Right. Okay, and, and I think we've been seeing a trend in the market in yeah. which uh, loan capital uh, that uh, that's going that traditionally was was the, the business of banks yeah. has been uh, going towards other different alternative sources. Uh, why 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 is this happening? I think it has a lot to do with uh, technology, and uh, I think also you know especially the banking industry is very heavily regulated not or everything within finance is very heavily regulated but mm -hmm. uh, banks are even more regulated which means that they have lots of limitations to what they can do mm -hmm. and with the growth of new business models and the growth of new ways of doing things uh, the financial system hasn't kept track on that you know we haven't right hasn't been able to adapt as quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's happening now, I would say, is more a democratization of finance where you're making what wasn't profitable before profitable now because you can use new technology to do, do things more efficiently. Mm -hmm. uh, so take our business, for instance. Uh, I guess if you were to compare us with anything, it would be some sort of uh, investment bank. Yeah. Uh, and an investment bank, they have, you know, they have their spreadsheets and they have lots of people, high, high, high earners, top earners, mm -hmm. that sit around and they call customers and they try to make them invest in, in, mm -hmm. in loans. When we put out the loan, like today we put out two loans, they were filled in less than an hour. Uh, and we didn't call a single customer because the customers are already on the platform. So what would you know cost a company or an investment bank you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands to actually do? We do yeah. in in much shorter time uh, without the same manpower that's needed. And and is that because of the technology that you use or the community? Uh, both, I would say. I think it's I think we're, we're it's tech enabled. Mm -hmm. So the technology itself, of course, it's it's uh, difficult to replicate and difficult to make. But it's that's not that's not a key driver. Like the technology is enabling the change, and then it's a mindset change and an innovation of, of processes and, and how you do things. Right. Well, that's that's really fascinating. Yeah. So the, the question I have is, if the banks are starting to lose market share when it comes to loans for yeah. small and medium enterprise, yeah. Um, 
what's what's been their competitive reaction? Are, are, are they is this just revenue that they're letting go out the door, or what yeah, are they doing about it? I think actually I don't think they would see it as they're losing revenue because these are clients they didn't want to give that much loans to anyways. Mm. So for them, it's not a profitable way of it's not it's not within their business model. So we're sort of a complement. So right. most banks have been extremely welcoming to us. We even <laughs> really? have a bank uh, owning uh, owning part of our company. Uh, the Lord Norwich lar largest bank, DMB, uh, were one of the first investors in funding partners. So, so they've been extremely welcoming, and you know they can give us tips about cases that we should look into. They can send customers to us. So, so it's been extremely, extremely welcoming. And, and I think the main reason for that is that we're not we're not trying to compete with a bank. If we get a customer, you know, saying I have this huge portfolio that I want to refinance and I want the lowest interest, we're saying you know that's not. Uh, that's not our, our business. Yeah, it's not. We can't be competitive there. But if someone comes to us and they say, "I have this project I need to do," and it's a bit too risky for the banks to actually look at, yeah, uh, then we're okay. We can maybe make something happen here. So we're not in the same spaces, basically. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. Now tell me a little bit about the other side of the uh, of, of the equation, which is the investors. Yeah. So we, we're also seeing that, as you're saying, with the democratization of, of, of financial services, specifically of wealth management, that there's the new type of investors coming into the market wanting to put some money behind behind projects. So why why do you think this is happening to begin with? I think investors always they seek good returns, and and I guess from our perspective, we're a new type of asset class and. And if you look at crowd lending in other countries uh, where you have data points such as uh, Great Britain and, and other European countries, you can see that it has consistently outperformed most of the bond markets. Uh -huh. So for an investor, investing in this type of financing is sort of it's when you're first in, when you're investing in, in in debt in the first place or, or fixed income mm -hmm. this is one of the most attractive things to to actually invest in it and it has proven to give the best returns so for them i think it's a matter of you know they want good returns and also it's access to a product that they couldn't get anywhere else mm -hmm. if you're a regular investor and you want to invest in a corporate bond or something like that like the minimum amount you need to invest is 100,000 euros typically mm -hmm. uh, we have you know 100 euros as our, our minimum amount so right. it's a lot easier and it's a lot more accessible to actually start investing and building a portfolio because obviously you can't just invest in bond loan you need to invest in a large portfolio for it actually right so so I guess the the, the seasoned investor would just see uh, your product as a new asset class yeah but what about I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, perhaps the fact that you have a th such a low threshold brings in people that perhaps have never invested before. Yeah, actually, we try not to get that many of those. Okay, um, yeah, tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. No, and it might be contrary to uh, what you know a lot of other places do, but but for for us, uh, it's, it's a new product, you know, and and we're always extremely concerned with trying to get the type of investor that understands the product. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's been very important to us in, in the way we market ourselves, in, in the target groups we go after. We try to find highly educated people that have done investing before. Mm -hmm. We know that we're not going to be the only thing, the only asset in their portfolio. We're just a part of their portfolio. Uh, right. Uh, but we think you know we're we're a good we're a good addition to their portfolio. 
So we would actually, you know, if, if someone came to us as a new investor and said, I've never done any investing in my life and I'm trying out your product, we would say, yeah, maybe you should buy a, fu- uh, uh, a mutual fund, to, yeah, mutual yeah. fund or, or something like that. Go to go to somewhere, or go to somewhere else. Right. Okay, that's a, that's yeah. that's interesting and surprising at the same time. Yeah. So, uh, tell me how does uh, funding partner goes about assessing the risk, yeah. uh, uh, the profile of the different projects that, that you have on your platform. Good question. Uh, that's without doubt the most important thing that we do uh, mm-hmm. because it's we're built on trust, uh, obviously. So if if we and on our webpage you can see all our statistics, you can see all our returns, you can see how much interest has been paid, how much, uh, how many defaults have there been, how many, how much losses have there been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're extremely open about this uh, because it's all about getting trust and, and having people's trust. Yeah. Uh, so uh, then obviously assessing the credit of the company is, ex- is extremely important. So I'd say out of a team in Norway, we're about 20 people and I'd say 15, 12, between you know 13 to 15 of them work directly with assessing companies. Okay. And we work, I'd say we have lots of the same frameworks as banks, but we're a lot more nimble in the way we treat them. So we use obviously lots of new tools uh, mm-hmm. to give us like a full view of, of the companies we evaluate. We look into the backgrounds of the people that that uh, are involved in these companies to see do they have like a bankruptcy history, uh, have they have other creditors lost money on them mm-hmm. before, do they have, are, are these good people or not basically. And then we evaluate the project, we evaluate the, the company itself mm-hmm. uh, and then we make a final assessment of the company and say you know, and we put that up for a committee and say do we want to do this or not. And to try to make this more efficient, we've also been developing a new credit model uh, where we actually we teamed up with something called Norskrein Central, which is like the main uh, math house, I'd say, in Norway. Okay. They built the credit models of most banks and they built you know, the COVID forecast models for, for the national health authorities. Mm-hmm. So really clever people teamed up with our, our data scientists. Uh, have created a new model where we take in a lot of different factors and yeah. and then make an assessment of how likely is this company to to default or not. Right, right. That's really interesting. Um, just a, a minute ago, you mentioned that uh, thanks to technology, you're able to basically bring the projects to market with basically no uh, overhead. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, where else in, in in your in your value chain are you leveraging the power of, of technology to make uh, find efficiencies? Yeah. So I think we leverage it everywhere. So in terms of you know funding the loan, uh, filling the loan, that's obviously what I mentioned where where we where we where we leverage it a lot. Uh, yeah. In terms of of uh, handling the loans, handling payments, handling everything there, we're trying to make that as automatic as efficient as possible mm-hmm. and then you know obviously uh, the credit assessment itself is somewhere some uh, it's, a, it's a place where we have to be extremely careful but we're also working to make that more efficient mm-hmm. so we're always going to have some sort of human touch to it because i believe you know 
that our analysts they speak with the borrower they understand the business all that mm -hmm. it's very difficult to evaluate the business without without having spoken to the people that are applying for a loan especially if it's a big loan yeah uh, but we can still do a lot of things to enable them to be more efficient and that's you know how what type of dashboards are they working and do they have to gather all the information from the company and then set it up in a spreadsheet themselves mm. or can they just write in the company name and they will have a pre-made you know report showing all the key figures showing the mm -hmm. cash flow showing everything about the company that's that's that you need to know for a credit evaluation yes so that's that's one example of, of how we're trying to to make things more efficient so mm -hmm. basically enabling people to do less of the you know the the uh, the, the jobs that consume a lot of time basically yep. we're trying to cut down on that and and, and cutting back on, on all back office tasks basically and, yep. and then having more front office time front office. more more customer facing time that's the most important thing right okay tell us about what if, if, if I were to go and speak to one of your customers whether it's an investor or a company that's gone alone yeah what would they say about founding partner Good question. I think um, I think if you go to a borrower uh, to start with that that side of the of the platform, yeah, uh, I think they would say you know we're very efficient uh, and we're a lot more flexible. We have a can-do attitude instead mm -hmm. of saying. You know, if you go to a lot of other places, they're gonna say like, no, we can't do it, and then you right. try to have to to convince them. But we're like, okay, this is new, uh, but let's try to figure out how we can do it, instead of saying, you know, no, we can't do this, and, and then they have to argue. So they will feel a lot less friction, basically, mm -hmm. and flexibility. Uh, if you look at the investors, I'd say they would they would characterize us as extremely thorough uh, yeah. and very open. Like if if we put out the loan and the company that's applying for money has a payment remark. We're going to write about that payment remark. Mm -hmm. if, if the person owning the company has a bankruptcy history, we're going to write about that. So people can, you know, see the see the evaluation and see all the facts about the company and trust that they get as much information that's relevant as possible, so right. that they feel that that you know no one's trying to fool them. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's extremely important and and. I think also they, a lot of people would be surprised that we're so, we're so personal and, and really engaged with all our customers. So personally, I speak to lots of investors and lots of borrowers every single week. Mm -hmm. uh, my phone number is, is now open on the webpage. I send a welcome email to, to all investors that register and you know say, here, here's my personal number, uh -huh. please call me anytime. And even though we have 13,000 investors, that's, that's, still, that's still working working quite well. Uh, wow. So I think they also feel that we really care about the product and and we are very open to feedback and to improving it. Yeah, well that's that's revolutionary, right? Because <laughs> you don't really ever get that kind of relationship, I guess, not with traditional banks unless you have a, an account manager or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we 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 try to turn that around, as I said. You know, with with trying to make all the back office yeah. <laughs> tasks more more automated and then then we have to spend our time doing something and, and we could just as well be facing our customers then and, and talking to them. But th I think that's a really interesting perspective, right? Because we, we keep think, uh, we keep hearing that digitalization is going to get yeah. rid of jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, but in reality, it's, it's actually helping change the, the formula that traditionally has served 
the, the market by automating backend functions and giving more more time for people to actually develop those closer relationships with customers, right? Exactly, that's that's the way we see it. And and when we try to automate something, it's always you know how can we automate what people don't see? Yeah. Uh, because to people, it's still extremely important to talk to other people. Because if you if you're trying to make a form, you know, and and, and that that was the, I, I guess the old way of digitalization that yeah. you know maybe made an internet form and you had people fill it out and then we get back like the computer says no type of responses. And I think people are really fed up with that. Yeah, it's the totally. same as as you know uh, if if customer service goes too far with chatbots and and similar things, uh, like customers will just get angry because. The company is, is trying to isolate itself from its customers instead of yeah. you know, trying to if make make all the back office tasks more efficient and trying to actually talk to their customers. Wow, that's a, that that really is a is a, is a is a departure from the traditional digitalization journeys yeah. that we've heard from most most organizations. That's really interesting. Okay, um, let's be let's be a bit creative now. And yeah. what do you think the the lending space would look like in twenty thirty? 2030, I think it will be way more decentralized than it is now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you would have more uh, companies specializing in different things. So, for instance, uh, what you're seeing with uh, with uh, the new banking infrastructure that, that's uh, growing uh, mm -hmm. and that's that's coming right now. You can see, you know, you have basically a huge common back office, and then you have small banks running on the same back office yeah. or running on the same 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 programs or, or even running on the same balance sheet mm -hmm. uh, but they have you know different marketing windows or different st storefronts as to say yeah i think we'll see more of that uh, and also i think we'll see within our space you know crowd lending and 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 that type of of, of lending space i think you'll see uh, a lot more growth uh, mm -hmm. we're seeing the Norwegian market at least and the Swedish and, and the Scandinavian market is growing quite rapidly mm -hmm. and I think that will just increase because it's the type of capital that uh, if, if you look at large companies for instance the high yield bond market to, to use a very you know boring example but but like mm -hmm. the high yield bond market has, has grown a lot for the past a decade or so yeah and like the, the high yield bond market for small companies basically you know crowd lending hasn't grown or it, it's it's grown but it's super small compared so I think when you try when you're actually able to to digitize more and you're able to do things more efficiently mm -hmm. more companies will open their eyes to this and they will uh, they will uh, they, it will be a much more common way to, to do financing right and and then just to close um, what what can we expect to see from funding partner in, in the next two to three years we're gonna keep growing basically yeah. uh, so we've been growing at a hundred percent a year and I, I hope we can can <laughs> wow. keep, uh, keep keep that uh, that growth rate uh -huh. uh, and uh, yeah, we just expanded into Sweden so yeah. uh, we're still gonna keep you know pushing that uh, and growing growing in even further there uh, so yeah. It's it's you know it's a difficult answer to to get too technical about because it's it's three years uh, ahead in time but I, I think you know growth is basically what we're what we're aiming for at the same time as you know keep making sure that the growth is sustainable and, and we're lending out to the our, our investors are, are lending out to the correct companies yeah.
Well, uh, Jorunt, I, I have to say thank you so much for, for coming down and, and chatting to us. It's, I, I love hearing examples like, uh, like Funding Partner where you're completely challenging a status quo that's been just the, the norm in the industry and that you're doing it so, so successfully. So uh, thanks thank for sharing that with thank us. Thank you so much for the invite, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Yeah.